This is Patrick Daly. Welcome to Interlinks. In this programme, we're going to explore the international links between Ireland and other parts of the world. And the reason we're going to do that is because these links have become more and more important to Ireland, economically, socially and culturally, in a globalised world. What is globalisation? How did it happen? And is it a good thing or a bad thing? First question to answer, globalisation is a process, or probably better to say it's a set of processes that has affected different parts of the world in different ways. Some parts of the world are much more interconnected um, than are others. So, for example, an economic interconnection might be the fact that we have US multinationals manufacturing products here in Ireland and exporting them overseas. A social interconnection internationally might be the fact that many Irish people today get married in places like Spain and Italy, which was unheard of maybe 40, 50 years ago. A cultural interaction might be the fact that many of us are watching uh, Scandinavian crime dramas on Netflix every evening. So how did this all happen? How did this come about? Fact is, it's not a conspiracy. Um, it's a fairly mundane set of circumstances that have come about since the end of the Second World War and probably more particularly in the last 40 or 50 years. So there are three main drivers or causes of this. The first is advances in information and communications technology, which make it much easier to communicate and to exchange information over large distances for the purposes of work um, or for the purposes of consuming um, um, cultural material, media, films and so on. Uh, second area, uh, quite surprisingly, is advances in transportation technology. And what I mean by that specifically is the advent of containerization for maritime transport, so these large boxes that we see in Dublin Port if you're ever crossing the, uh, the Eastlink Bridge, and also air freight. So these two innovations uh, have transformed what are called global supply chains, which you'll probably have heard a lot about in the discussions about Brexit lately. Um, and these are very uh, mundane engineering type uh, innovations, but they have made possible the movement of goods all around the world in cheap and efficient ways. And the third thing is trade liberalisation and financial deregulation. So, for example, free trade organisations such as the European Union that we're part of or NAFTA, the North American Free Trade um, Association. That, that type of um, uh, liberalisation has enabled countries to trade with, with each other much more efficiently and much more, much more cheaply. Um, and financial deregulation has allowed companies to move uh, capital and funds around the world to make investments overseas and to repatriate. Uh, profits and so on. And this has been the third, the third factor in driving globalisation. So the next question is, is it good or is it bad? And the answer really depends. So what does it depend on? Well, it depends on who you are, uh, it depends on where you are, it depends on how you make your living, and it depends on what you mean by good or bad. So in that sense, um, there are positive aspects to globalisation. So one very positive aspect is the fact that hundreds of millions of people in Asia and Latin America and other parts of the world have been lifted out of extreme poverty by um, uh, uh, the process of globalisation, enabling them to work and be, be productive in a way they couldn't be before. Places like China, India, Mexico and so on. Another positive aspect has been the fact that here in the developed world, in Europe and North America, um, inflation has been under control for a long, long time. So those of you who grew up in the 1970s and 80s, as I did, will remember how inflation was, was rampant. 
Um, and that hasn't been the case now for maybe for maybe 20 years. And globalization is a key factor in that because products are produced uh, competitively in places like China and India and so on. Um, and also uh, another positive aspect for us at a very personal level is that from uh, a travel and work point of view, it's much easier now to travel overseas to get through borders uh, in, in an easy manner, particularly within Europe uh, for us, and as well to work in other countries, which used to be uh, extremely difficult. On the negative side, um, some things that have happened is that workers have been displaced in the in the developed uh, countries where you know their jobs have been moved overseas, maybe to places like Mexico or to uh, China and so on. And we've seen seen some of that in in, in U.S. politics. It's become a big a big factor in the in the Trump election. Here at home, we've probably seen lower wage growth because companies are able to. Uh, um, offshore some production um, and that keeps the pressure downwards on, on salaries in the developed world. And in the developing countries we've seen certain vulnerable sectors being decimated by imports from more developed countries. So for example the Mexican uh, maize farmers have been very badly affected by imports of cheap American uh, maize produced in the, in the US. It so happens that Ireland um, among most of the countries in the world has been a big beneficiary of uh, globalisation. And one of the reasons for this is that Ireland is one of the most globally connected countries in the world. Uh, there's a large global logistics company called DHL who are owned by uh, Deutsche Post and they produce every year a global interconnectedness index. And the last edition of that in 2016 ranked Ireland as the third most interconnected economy in the world behind only uh, the Netherlands, Holland and Singapore. So in this program, we're going to speak with a person from around the world, a different part of the world, to talk about globalisation, uh, how, how they have experienced it over, over recent years, and also to talk to them about connections between Ireland and about their particular country. And today we're going to start off with uh, Eastern Europe, and we'll be talking to Antonio Zrilic, who is in Zagreb, which is the capital of Croatia. Croatia is a former Yugoslav Republic, and uh, we'll be asking Antonio to explain a little bit about that to, to us. Um, since Croatia exited communism around the 1990s and jo joined the world economy and, and eventually joined the European Union. Eastern Europe is an area that's of particular relevance to us here in Ireland. We have so many uh, workers from Eastern European countries. We're all familiar with uh, colleagues from places like Poland and Lithuania, Latvia, uh, uh, Slovenia, Romania and uh, so on. And um, today particularly interested to talk to Antonio, who is from one of those countries, uh, from Zagreb in, in Croatia, to get his perspective of Croatia during this period of globalisation over the last 20 or 30 years, since about 1990. I'm delighted to be joined by Antonio Zrilic, who's on the line from Zagreb in Croatia. Welcome, Antonio. Dobrodošli. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, I'm delighted to be uh, your guest uh, today. You're very welcome. Delighted to have you. For listeners, could you first uh, situate Croatia for us? Uh, where is it? Uh, how big is it? And what is it like in terms of climate and the geographical regions that it has? Uh, well, Croatia is situated uh, uh, on the uh, Mediterranean coast, uh, on uh, Adriatic, to be more precise. Uh, but uh, uh, it, it has uh, some influences also from continental climate. So, so we actually have uh, two uh, 
climates in, in Croatia uh, on the uh, coast we have Mediterranean climate and then uh, uh, in, uh, uh, in a continent uh, more uh, continental uh, climate. So we have snow and uh, we have mountains uh, and uh, uh, in, in the winter, but uh, on, on the, in the summer we have hot summers and uh, very nice to, to be uh, <laughs> on the coast at that time. Yeah, it's a, it's a very beautiful country. I was there in April for the first time and I was both on the coast and in the interior and that's quite spectacular. It's amazing really how there is so much in, in, in such a small area because the country, the size of the country, it's, it's smaller than Ireland, right? Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. And, and the, the, uh, another thing is that uh, it, it has a, 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 some, a strange shape. So it's, it's like, uh, I, I don't know how to uh, describe it, like banana or something like that. It's, it's very curved and uh, it's difficult to, uh, to uh, uh, connect, connect it uh, 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 all around. Yeah? So, so th- this is a challenge that we have in, in, in traffic and, uh, and this, this area. Yeah, it's almost, um, it's almost hugging uh, Bosnia, kind of um, an embrace around Bosnia. Yes, yes, that's a uh, that's historical uh, thing, uh, uh, because uh, uh, at some time, uh, a few centuries ago, there was, that was one, one, uh, 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 one, well, we can we could say country, but uh, one one uh, 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 geographical uh, entity. So, so uh, when the Turks uh, were invading uh, uh, Europe, they they just uh, uh, went in, into the belly of uh, of Croatia and uh, uh, like a, like a wedge, and that 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 shape uh, remained uh, all all the uh, to to. to Till till today. Yeah, so that historical frontier is is still there. Just talking about history and maybe a bit more recently, Croatia was part of the former Yugoslavia up until about 1991, I think. And uh, you and I think about the same age, so you would have been probably in your 20s at that time. So just a few questions around that. What what was life like in in Yugoslavia and? When it broke up, what was the process for Croatia to become independent? And what was your experience of that period in the early 90s? Uh, that was very <laughs> exciting experience. I was a, a student at the time and, uh, and um, well, uh, Yugoslavia was a, a so- socialist uh, uh, country, but it was federal com- country. So, so it consisted for, uh, uh, out of uh, uh, six uh, republics and, uh, and two autonomous uh, Regions that are now part of uh, uh, of Serbia. One is actually Kosovo, and it's uh, independent country now. But uh, so so it was a very very different and uh, diverse uh, country, uh, and it was um, <clears throat> uh, united under under this uh, idea of uh, uh, Yugoslavia. Uh, actually, the idea uh, was uh, from uh, originated in Croatia. Croatia was uh, under. Habsburg monarchy during uh, centuries, and uh, uh, it has some romantic uh, idea that uh, if we unite in in, in this these Slavic uh, nations in, in uh, uh, on on south uh, in Balkan, it would be better off for us. Uh, but uh, well, it it uh, it uh, um, ended up uh, like like it uh, uh, in 1991 when there was. Uh, 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 when there was an uh, end of this 
communist era in, on the, on East Europe, and that was a, a trigger for uh, for some changes in Croatia, also some some economic and some political changes. And when when changes came, uh, there was no uh, there was no uh, some substance or, or some some something that that uh, together anymore. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was the. And it wasn't. It wasn't so easy. There was that actually. Was the, there was actually. Yeah. There was actually a war. Isn't that right? Yeah, it was very, very bloody war. <clears throat> and uh, well, uh, uh, some um, uh, uh, republics uh, wanted to to get out, and some uh, wanted to keep Yugoslavia as it is, uh, because uh, uh, well, Croatia and Slovenia that that wanted to to get out were uh, richer uh, than than the other part of uh, Yugoslavia and. Uh, uh, probably there were some economic reasons. Uh, the other reasons are uh, purely geographical and expansion of of, uh, of some uh, uh, a very old uh, idea of Greater Serbia, and uh, and uh, uh, this was uh, actually the, the the real reason for for uh, the war. Yeah. And uh, on a personal level, uh, at that time, wh- where were you? What were you involved in? How did you live through that those years? Well, I was in Croatia the whole time. I was a student uh, here in Zagreb, and uh, we lived through through this uh, 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 this time. Uh, uh, so we we uh, when when there were uh, uh, some attacks, we, we went to to shelters, and uh, then uh, it was like normal for us at that time. Uh, this this uh, two or three years uh, from ninety one to ninety. Two or ninety-three or something like that. Yeah, and then coming forward in time, I think around two thousand and thirteen, which is about five years ago, Croatia joined the European Union, although it still has its own currency, the uh, the kuna. So in those five years, how has membership of the European Union changed Croatia for the better or for the worse? You know, in terms of social aspects and the economy and so on. Oh, uh, definitely. Uh, 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 becoming a member of, of the EU uh, helped uh, Croatia uh, greatly because uh, uh, there there were uh, on, on our disposal uh, a lot of uh, uh, EU funds that we could uh, uh, use for for our development. And uh, although we are not uh, champions in 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 uh, getting uh, all the, the funds that, that are on our disposals, but uh, but anyway, the the, uh, the main thing is distribution of these funds, because uh, this EU uh, procedure is more, uh, I would say, uh, 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 is better than than uh, the former distribution of of uh, creation budget that goes. Uh, well, we have we have this heritage of uh, of communism, and in communism uh, there was no. Uh, thing uh, who who will uh, uh, or or what uh, uh, company will get more developed uh, for for uh, and developing uh, for uh, the country or for or for more uh, profitability. It it was all about that everybody is uh, in uh, that everybody has a, a, a working place and that everybody is secured. That everybody has uh, health insurance and. Uh, and uh, social security, and so, so uh, that that uh, heritage uh, is uh, actually burden for for today's Croatia because uh, it it is not a very efficient uh, way to to uh, run the country. Yeah? 
and uh, 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 now this uh, this EU distribution helps to be more efficient. Okay. Uh, and you still in Croatia, you still use your currency, the the kuna, which I guess is probably pegged to the euro. How many? What's the value of a kuna with respect to a euro? It's seven point uh, five kuna. Uh, for one uh, euro. Okay, uh, and, and that stays fairly constant. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's there. There are some some fluctuations during the year, but uh, but uh, it it stays uh, uh, fixed. Yeah. Mm. And does the Croatian government intend to adopt the euro at some point in the future? Yes, there are some um, uh, uh, talks now that we are going to uh, ad- adapt uh, euro maybe after uh, uh, two thousand twenty. Uh, well, it, it is a, a long process to to uh, to get in, in uh, uh, EU monetary system. So, so there there is a, a, this process has begun, but uh, it, it it will probably uh, take some some uh, years for for that. Okay, and right now in Croatia, what uh, are the main economic sectors currently, and where do you see good potential for future growth for the <clears throat> Croatian economy? Well, uh, uh, traditionally uh, in in Croatia we uh, we have agriculture and food industry uh, well developed. Uh, there there is also textile industry, but textile industry is is based on on some uh, 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 we call it lone uh, uh, jobs or or uh, this uh, sub uh, uh, what is the word the word uh, 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 well it's it's not original. Uh, 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 Pro, 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 oh, it's, kind of, it's subcontracted. Is that what you mean? Subcontracting, yes. yeah. So, so it's not very profitable, uh, and this this was this was main, one of the main uh, industries in, in former Yugoslavia and now in Croatia. Uh, uh, but it's it's very uh, 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 very uh, work intensive, uh, and uh, uh, people that work in this uh, uh, in this industry uh, have a very very. A very uh, uh, small uh, uh, salaries. Then, then we have also uh, wood processing industry, uh, metal processing industry, chemical industry, petroleum, also uh, electrical industry, construction, trade, uh, shipbuilding, and uh, and tourism as uh, one of of, uh, of bigger uh, industries that that is uh, very su- successful. Okay. Checking on Wikipedia, I see that Croatia has a similar population to Ireland, somewhere between four and five million, but the population has been declining over the last 25 years or so. So what's what's the reason for this and what's being done about it? Well, actually, uh, our uh, population uh, has been declining uh, for 120 or so years uh, because uh, we... we uh, uh, there, there, there were several uh, waves of uh, emigration uh, from Croatia, uh, starting uh, on, on, on the uh, uh, 19, uh, on, on the uh, crossing of 19th to 20, uh, 20th century. Uh, uh, this, this was economical, economical reasons uh, for for this uh, uh, em, uh, for this uh, emigration. But uh, then, uh, after World War II, there was a political Emigration uh, and uh, during 60s, then again there was uh, 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 Yugoslavia was very open uh, socialist country and uh, they actually uh, uh, incented people to to go out 
uh, of the of the Yugoslavia and to to work in in Germany or or somewhere in Europe uh, because it was uh, uh, it was uh, uh, easier you know, to to maintain a full uh, employment uh, here in Yugoslavia and uh, another good thing were um, these transfers from from those uh, uh, people that work in in uh, uh, outside of the country and they they send the the, the money to to uh, Yugoslavia and Croatia. So this was this was uh, during 60s. Then again during 70s there were some political uh, problems here in Croatia, and then a lot of people went uh, out uh, of the Croatia for political reasons. And then there was uh, the 90s, uh, and uh, there was war, and a lot of people went uh, uh, as refugees, and <clears throat> also after that as economic uh, for economic reasons. And now there are there are uh, 2000. 10 and and after that uh, all, all, again there was uh, uh, these economic reasons uh, because uh, uh, we had very long uh, recession and uh, people uh, went uh, in, in in search for for better uh, for the jobs and for better life yeah. but you didn't do that you decided in the middle of the recession to set up a business in Zagreb, a uh, consultancy business. So, <laughs> yes, so yes. What, so what kind, we, what kind that, that, of... Go that ahead. was a good idea. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> and what kind of um, services do you provide to your clients and what kind of business sectors do you focus on? Well, uh, uh, I am a managing director of Logico or Logico Consulting and uh, we provide... Uh, we, we provide some uh, value for, for the clients, uh, uh, reducing costs uh, uh, and, and, and providing them a better productivity, improving cash flow, uh, faster growth and efficient decision making. This, this is part of our uh, uh, scope of our uh, uh, services uh, here in Croatia. And you have actually done work with an associate consultancy here in Dublin and you've come to Ireland and you've done some work in Ireland. So do you see potential for mutually beneficial links, economic links or cultural links between Ireland and Croatia in the future? And if you do, in what kind of areas? Yes, we, we, uh, we, uh, we have done some uh, strategic alliance uh, with, with uh, Alba Consulting uh, in, in uh, Ireland. Uh, and uh, uh, we, are, we, are, we want to, to do some uh, also to expand and to, to, to exchange uh, know-how and uh, and some uh, and do things outside of Croatia because the Croatia is a small country and like like uh, Ireland we uh, we also have to uh, uh, be very open and uh, uh, and uh, expand uh, our our uh, services and uh, and uh, and goods for uh, globally and uh, one of the of the challenges in in Croatia is is that uh, mentality that uh, 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 these companies are very very uh, 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 focused uh, on on just uh, doing business in in Croatia or or even in in smaller uh, geographic regions in uh, within Croatia. So so I I want to to be open uh, open minded and uh, that's why uh, I think uh, uh, regarding uh, uh, the uh, second part of your question uh, we, we are in uh, Croatia are very similar. Uh, with with Ireland and uh, we are culturally uh, very uh, compatible and uh, that's why actually it, uh, our people uh, 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 choose uh, have, have chosen uh, the island uh, for for their for their uh, uh, 
uh, new country. Yeah. yeah, I was going to actually ask you about that. So I have noticed over the last couple of years that there are quite a lot of Croatian nationals living and working in Ireland, particularly in the cities such as uh, Dublin and Cork. So I was wondering what is the uh, perception of Ireland in Croatia and why do you think so many of them come to live and work here? Well, as, as I uh, said, uh, the, uh, a, a similar culture and uh, another thing uh, is that uh, our people uh, also uh, are uh, very adaptable and uh, they, they are, they're actually hard-working uh, people and they, they want they, uh, anyway in, in any anywhere in uh, in in the world when they uh, where they uh, uh, come they they are very uh, hard-working and and uh, uh, in many cases they succeed and uh, in, in life uh, so. Uh, uh, Ireland is very uh, was very open at the time and uh, was a fast growing uh, economy and absorbed uh, many of of, uh, uh, of our people that that went to 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 Ireland. So I think uh, well uh, the one thing that that uh, probably they bothered uh, them is um, uh, the weather, but anything else is is uh, yeah. uh, is is great. And uh, talking about this flexibility of uh, Croatians, and I noticed many years ago when I lived in, in Spain, Croatian footballers would come to play, say, for Real Madrid, and in the first presentation, they'd have an interpreter, and then maybe three, four weeks later, uh, they're on the TV again in Spain and they're speaking fluent Spanish. And I go, you know, what's going on here? How is it that Croatians are so good at learning foreign languages? Uh, and that's also... Um, a historical uh, thing, we, uh, but also uh, in connection with with the fact that uh, Croatia is small country, and uh, when uh, when you are a small country uh, uh, constituted of four four million or four and a half million people uh, that uh, speak uh, your language, you you have to um, learn uh, another languages also. Uh, those people that went uh, out during uh, uh, last hundred years, uh, uh, and uh, and they uh, actually uh, came. Uh, some of them came back, and uh, and they they um, also uh, uh, maintained this this uh, this culture of uh, speaking uh, uh, foreign languages, and uh, that's why uh, we want to to be ad- adaptable whenever we uh, wherever we come. Uh, we want to speak. Uh, yeah, it's quite quite impressive. And another impressive thing about Croatia, how is it that such a small nation of little more than four million people has such a good national soccer team? I mean, you guys got to the final of the World Cup this year. How did that happen? <laughs> uh, well, I, I have a theory uh, about that, but um, but it's not only a soccer uh, that we are uh, good at. Uh, it's also a basketball. We we we. We uh, we were at some time in '98 uh, uh, second on Olympic uh, 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 games. Uh, only only a, a better was a dream team from NBA, and, uh, and we are also in, in uh, handball very good. We, we now uh, we are in in the final of uh, Davis Cup uh, in tennis. Uh, we have many many uh, uh, good. We we had the best ski. A uh, female ski player, uh, ski, um, uh, ski uh, skier, uh, yeah, skier. Yeah, uh, 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 in, in the world, uh, in, in the history, maybe. Eh? 
and and uh, why is that? Uh, I have a, a, a little a theory, and uh, that says that uh, actually Croatia was uh, uh, during the centuries uh, was uh, maintaining the border here uh, with the, with the Turkish uh, Empire, and uh, uh, those people were uh, all the time in the in the state of emergency and and war. And uh, well, uh, also uh, uh, Napoleon said once that uh, if he had a uh, hundred thousand Croats, uh, he would conquer the world. <laughs> so uh, they were they were known as, as good fighters. And now in in peace time, uh, there is no uh, war, but uh, there there is a, a sport field where we can uh, uh, show our our. Uh, uh, how good we are in, in, in fighting. Yeah? Yeah. It's interesting. and we're, we're, we're glad to say that there's no more fighting going on. So yeah. lately, in recent years, many Irish people have discovered Croatia as a tourist destination. So what would you recommend to Irish holidaymakers when they go to Croatia in terms of where they should go, what they should do, what they should eat and drink, what's, what's typical, what's good? Uh, well, Croatia is... Uh, Beautiful country, uh, and, and this is because it, it's very diverse and different. Uh, there, there are different uh, 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 parts in, in, in this small uh, country, as I explained on, on the beginning. The beginning, uh, we have, for example, on the Adriatic coast, we have uh, uh, over thousand islands, and uh, uh, we have also uh, mountains uh, over one thousand seven hundred meters, and so. Uh, so uh, we have different uh, different climate uh, climates, and that's why we have different. Uh, and also we have different um, uh, influences from, for example, uh, from Hungary, from uh, Austria, uh, and from Italy, and from uh, and from uh, Turkey, Turkish uh, 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 parts. So, so we have different uh, 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 food and different wine. Uh, very good uh, wines uh, and uh, and it, it's uh, well uh, for all uh, tourists that come in Croatia they always say that uh, that it's it's uh, incredible how how is uh, uh, here uh, well the, the the climate and and food and well and and a drink and what do you need uh, anymore yeah? <laughs> yeah well thank you very much Antonio it's been a pleasure to speak to you about Croatia which is a fascinating country and um, many thanks and uh, look forward maybe to speaking to you again sometime in, in the future. Yes, it was a pleasure also uh, from my side and uh, yeah, it would be a pleasure to, to speak to you again. Great, thanks Antonio. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Interlinks today. Next time we will pick up with a different topic related to globalisation and have a look at that in a bit more detail. And we'll have another guest from an overseas location and we're lining up speakers from uh, Spain, Mexico, US and United Arab Emirates for the next programmes. So look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you and bye for now. Bye.